and welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is known in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter, but we're a little bit biased. I'm your host, Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. More importantly, you can follow the podcast that is at HEFpod. Follow us on Facebook. That is facebook.com slash HEFpod. Find all the latest English information covering the Eintracht all in one spot, all in the English language. So don't really need to go anywhere else. And I shouldn't need to go anywhere else to talk about uh, Eintracht at the weekend as the Eintracht took on Hoffenheim. And next up, we have Cologne. And there's only one person, as I said, uh, who is going to be able to finally put a positive spin on this in his time uh, of talking about the Eintracht. It's Chris in Detroit. Buddy, uh, it's hey. lots of good times roll, right? Yeah, um, I'm a little <laughs> concerned uh, having to be so positive for so many weeks in a row about this team. Um, I mean, that's not a bad thing, but let me explain. Uh, I've been a fan of this club for more than 25 years. Um, I've been conditioned to go to negative places by this time of the year. It's just kind of what we do. And everything going on right now at the Waldkommerz Deutsche Stadion is completely against everything I've learned about this club. And I love it. It's fantastic. Indeed it is. Because what we're talking about, in case anyone's been living underneath a rock and you're just coming out now to find out that winter is indeed going to be extended for another couple weeks, the Eintracht in Bundesliga play have won seven of the last um, seven of the last eight matches are undefeated in the last nine matches. During that time, the Eintracht has dropped, uh, well, in the last eight matches, Eintracht has dropped two points. Two points. That's it. In the meantime, <laughs> we've been able to spin that into uh, moving up eventually into the international places. And for the second week running, we find ourselves sitting in the glorious spot of fourth place, which will mean qualification to the Champions League for 21-22. And, I mean, I'm not exactly jump, counting my chickens before they've hatched and thinking that we're going to go then to St. Petersburg for the final on May 28th of 2022. <laughs> but needless to say, I'm already getting very optimistic for what's going to happen over the rest of, of these final match days that the Eintracht have. And shucks, why not be positive about what's left on this 14 match schedule that remains to us? We don't have any Pokal matches. We have just one English Volca coming up. So if you think about it this way, this is the kind of stuff that when people say that, Hey, that team, so-and-so's team was able to qualify for the Champions League because they didn't play any other games. You could look back to the first year Leipzig was in the Bundesliga. Now, they all caused by storm, yes. It also didn't hurt them that uh, they got knocked out of the first round of the Bay Pokal, and voila, you know, able to just focus on one match per week and go gangbusters from there. They were able to yeah. make that make themselves be Champions League team. Cologne, uh, what was it? Three, four seasons ago, ended up in what was that? Fifth place. Yeah. And you know, if it wasn't for the one match per week kind of setup that they had, uh, they probably wouldn't have qualified for Europe. They probably would have just missed out, just barely, barely, barely. But hey, you know what? The Eintracht is soaring as eagles do right now and uh why don't we start talking about the match that happened um eintracht with a 3-1 victory over uh hoffenheim away um it's kind of interesting we when we do play these guys for whatever reason of late and we've always kind of labeled them as a team that trips us up if you look in our last couple of matches, we've actually been undefeated against them. We usually pick up all six points, and somehow, some way, that's been going on. Sebastian Hoeneß' side, you know, um, has kind of fixed themselves to a slight degree. They also had an American uh, playing in the back line, which was, to me, of also interesting note. But honestly, whilst, you know, 
some of our matches, we've given up the first goal. We scored so early in the 15th minute as Fidel Kostic was found by Amin Yunus. Uh, just wide open for him to just slot one home. I mean, it was pretty bad defending, but it had just signaled the kind of day that we were going to enjoy. Yeah, for sure. Um, I thought in the first 15 minutes it was back and forth, but we were poised, we were organized, we were efficient. Um, the Costage goal, it, it's funny because we, or I don't know about we, I have complained through the first half of the season about the short passing, the lack of creativity, and then all of a sudden, uh, Kamada makes the, the pass to Jonas, Jonas with the through ball to Kostic. He's off on the wing where we've been begging to have offensive production, and it, we haven't seen goals like that a lot this year, but it felt almost routine, like we kind of expected that quality of goal, and I think that speaks to how far we've come this season, that creativity like that, while it looks great because we don't see a ton of it, we've come to expect that's the quality that this team should have now. Interesting that you should say that. I have found that, um, I mean, and he was labeled the man of the match day, Kostic, with his uh, two assists that he would later provide uh, for subsequent goals that would go in for the Eintracht. Um, for me, what was more important was the fact that, you know, the headed goals like went in, you know, scoring from a set piece, you know, these are things that we started, well, specifically set pieces. These were things that I thought, you know, we were missing because remember last season where Hinteregger, it seemed like every single time he went up for a corner, if he got his head on the ball, the ball is going in the back of the net. Seemed like that all season yeah. long. And that was something that we haven't really seen from really many set pieces or whether they be free kicks or corner kicks. Haven't seen that. And, you know, one thing that really uh, showed it to me was, you know, it wasn't someone that you were expecting to get uh, a head on ball. It was Ndika who was able to uh, put that one in. Kostic, you know, just had an amazing day. And look, I can just go on forever and ever, but look, he just knew how to put the ball into Silva's head. Silva scored the third and final goal for the Eintracht. You know, his goal tally on the season is just at a just, just mind-blowing pace of 17 league goals, more league goals than any Eintracht player has scored at this point of the season in our history. Um, if you want to go back to when Alex Maya um, had uh, won the Tour Shoes to Canon, you know what? It was just a little shaky. And now, I mean, it was a little shaky across the league. Now, he's chasing a ghost uh, in uh, Robert Lewandowski and his 20, what, 24 goals, I think is, is uh, sounds about right. Like, Silva scored at such a pace that you kind of have to wonder, like, you know, is this going to be the greatest uh, single goal-scoring season of all time for a nine-track player? I think, this, uh, I think there's a chance at it. Yeah, you know what? It, I, I don't care at this point, to be honest. We're seeing the improvement. We're seeing the um, the production. To me, that is more valuable than the comparisons to Lewandowski, who's been the top scorer in the league for years. Um, but there's something, too, that happened, um, and it almost gets glossed over because of how beautiful that third goal was. Indica, in, in that second goal, provided scoring from an unexpected source. Uh, it, it's you know, mind-blowing how high quality that was. It was a bad angle. He got power behind it, put it down in the corner. And to be honest, it's a little concerning to me because now his profile is higher. He's being looked at from people across England and other places. And he's really a cog that we need to keep in place, I think, at least one more year. I, I'll be honest, I don't know his contract situation, but that goal to me to provide offensive power while at the same time being rock solid in his defensive position um that was 
the biggest thing I took out of a game that was full of beautiful goals. Indeed. Because um, in case anyone uh, was wondering what the record is for uh, mo- uh, most goals, you know, I uh, believe uh, I, I'm thinking that it is back to Charlie uh, with the most individual goals on the season. I, so I want to have to check check my stats on that. But I'm thinking that uh, Charlie's got the I think that Charlie's got the uh, record. For that, oh, well, let's see. Meyer, no, my let's see. Meyer had the 19 when he broke the goal scoring record. Um, I forget, yeah, I think he won the count on for the Zweitliga, but yeah, are we really gonna count that? Uh, ow, <laughs> I talked to me uh, trying to tell me that uh, uh, it was Anthony Yoboa with his uh, 20, but no, that is not correct. Uh, Holtzbein w- was able to get uh, 26 as I'm uh, looking things up, uh, in the 76-77 season as Eintracht finished in fourth place that year and was also um, it was not playing in Europe so you know what <laughs> they benefited from you know having fewer matches on the season so hey 27 is the goal now so if, uh, I think he can get there uh, that would be awesome if he did uh, but this is also the Bundesliga era of course that I'm talking about because if you want to go for an all time record uh, that is I mean, we're talking pre World War II, and then you're, you got a few, you got things are a little things are done just a tiny bit different. Uh, God, who who is uh, Karl Ehmer uh, scored thirty four in the thirty one thirty two season, and also had it the same number in the twenty seven twenty eight season. Uh, but that's as far back as I'm able to uh, pull up for for us. That's, so yeah, twenty six goals the ball in the Bundesliga era pounds. is what he's aiming for, and uh, yeah, we'll see if we can get it. Yeah, um, not to not to go too far off point, but. It's important to note that that Silva goal came off of what might have been okay for me. That goal that was a great in cross. a three-one win. In a three-one win, that goal will be easily forgotten. It doesn't mean a lot, but for me, that's that's an all-time quality Frankfurt goal from the build-up. You know, it's not a Tony Eboa wonder goal or anything like that, but the way Kamada just turned. And fired that that rocket across the field. He caught Kostic right in stride. Kostic makes a nice crossover and and lobs that pass. Slam dunk from Silva. It, yeah, for me, that's like that was the killer instinct goal that we've been asking for to say, "Hey, we're up to one. We don't want to go back to the ties of November." And everybody, <laughs> yeah, no everybody was involved with it. Those days, um, yeah, if we just could have turned one of them into three points, oh, where we would be right now. I mean, okay, not too much further at the table, but look, the way that the Bundesliga currently is, this is like, this is the time to take advantage because look at the teams that are around us. Uh, Gladbach, Walser, they've done well in Europe. Guess what? Uh, They have that on their minds because they are coming up right towards it. Leverkusen has dropped points when they shouldn't have. Guess what? They're in the Europa League knockout phase. They have to, you know, some credit has to be given towards that. Borussia Dortmund, God, what a uh, misfire they have been. And they have Champions League right around the corner. To be honest, ourselves in Wolfsburg, not playing in Europe, we talked about how this could benefit us long-term this season, not playing in Europe, and voila, here we are. Now we are about to end the easy part of our uh, uh, Rook Ronda schedule, I will admit, uh, as we play Cologne, because then after that, it's uh, Bayern. Then we have a very winnable game with Bremen, a pretty winnable game with Stuttgart. They're a little tricky. And then you have uh, Leipzig, Union, though Union is kind of sputtering right now. But, I mean, we're talking about a match that's a full month away and then some, you know, um, yeah, we're running through the easy part of the schedule. It won't get easy like this until uh, late April. When we have Augsburg, Mainz, and Schalke like all in a row <laughs> for us to all finish off, so you know we if we start dropping points uh, the next over the next two months, which you know 
could happen because you know we're going to play against the the teams who are usually up there, including the current reigning champions who are going to be playing in the FIFA Club World Cup with Eintracht's own uh, former uh, defender Carl Salcedo. You know, good luck to him. Good luck to T guys. Uh, the first time that a team from yours, uh, our well, I say that our uh, mine and Chris's uh, <laughs> neck of the woods would be the first time that a, a team from our region has been competing in that final. But anyways, uh, kind of diverting there. This to me is an impeccable run. I will say, if I can put any. Uh, you know, poo-poo this in the least bit. It's a damn shame that we can't seem to get a fucking uh, clean sheet in any of this. Well, I don't think anyone would believe that we're on track Frankfurt if we were, you know, taking two or three clean sheets a month. It's just not in our DNA to do that. Nope. Um, but what you're seeing right now is the way that, that we allowed that goal. And, and by the way, that Hoffenheim goal, I mean... Hinty's probably at the doctor right now, the way his ankles were broken, and my ankles are swollen just from watching that. <laughs> um, it, it, that. That was a good goal. And as a fan of the game, you can't be you can't be upset when you see something like that. Yeah, it sucks it was against us, but the quality that went into that was the kind of the kind of football you like to watch. True, and yeah. That's I mean, that kind of look, thing that his separation once he was on his own, you know, uh, Kramers did a pretty good job uh, at getting the ball through. The defense wasn't exactly on point there. And, uh, yeah, uh, Bebu was able to, you know, twist our guys inside and out and uh, slot home a real beauty. It was, you know, one of the best goals of the weekend, I will openly admit. Yeah, um, and you know what? That's the kind of thing that back in October and November we would have collapsed from. We would have ended up in a in a draw or giving up a late winner. Um, we went into the break, we made our adjustments, and we came out and showed that we were the better team. So, yeah, you let in a goal, a great goal at that, but you responded the way you expect a team to respond if they're going to try to compete for Europe. So, again, I'm trying to find something to complain about. I can't do it. You know what? Usually if you have nothing to complain about, life must be good. But then I can't kind of have to remind myself that whilst life as an Eintracht fan is good, sometimes it's not per sometimes you just don't have perfection surrounding you. No, I'm not. I'm not salty at what happened uh, later on that very same Sunday. I've gotten over it. You know, hey, some people just, you know, don't have offensive lines to be able to keep things together. But you know what? The Eintracht defensive line has done good. I thought Hendrik performed great. I thought Indica was good credit for himself, got himself a goal. Tuta still, still looks good. And you know what? He's growing into his role, and I like what I'm seeing. I just hope that uh, there is more to come. Amen. Indeed. Uh, that being said, Chris, I think this can kind of wrap up our discussion on uh, Eintracht versus Hoffenheim, unless you have any further comments. No, I'm good. Let's leave it at that. We're all in a good mood right now. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Now, if only Kevin Trapp would just stop, would pay more attention and stop selling oat milk, I think we'll all be in a better mood. Hey, <laughs> I'm just saying it tastes nasty, but anyways. <laughs> uh, time for our favorite segment breaker, hashtag what are we drinking? Chris, what entry do you have for us today? Oh, I have a good one today. Everyone knows it. Bell's is one of Michigan's homegrown breweries but they're now nationwide mm -hmm. worldwide but bell's hop slam yep, double can't find them in casey they are good oh well you got your own boulevard and all that good stuff down there but mm -hmm. uh hop slam from bell's will punch you in the face huh? and then wait for you to get back up and then we will punch you again and it's the good stuff for good times like this so i got two of them today so uh, two of the same or different mm -hmm. ones yeah, no, I got two of them. We're not going to mess up a good thing while it's going. And I'm probably going to stick with them for the weekend because, you know, I, I, I've said it here before. When we start winning, I'm going to stick with what works while we're winning. I'm, uh, w What did Michael Scott say? I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. 
So we're going <laughs> to stick with it as long as it works. Wow. I didn't really think we would have office quotes uh, on the podcast today. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, one would think we need to get subscriptions to Peacock to be able to enjoy all of this. But then you would also get stuck with some other crap coverage like, you know, with the Premier League and whatnot. Uh, don't need to don't need any of that. Mm. Premier League clubs who are linked to our players don't need to hear that either. But, you know, uh, what is out there, what is what is out there. And, of course, we will post anything uh, that is covering the Eintracht in the English language, including now some links to players coming in and some links to players coming out. So uh, my entry for hashtag what are we drinking, um, it was my beer for the Super Bowl. I thought I would go really, really basic and uh, just have a good old uh, Miller Lite because that was all that was in the fridge. I know, I know. Not exactly your favorite uh, cup of tea either, as Eintracht Emmy uh, makes herself known. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> it didn't exactly uh, help out things. Well, you know, Brian, something. that's mm. that's interesting because your basic beer goes with that basic KC playbook that – never mind. <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> uh, might I, <laughs> might I remind you that uh, there will be future future Super Bowls played in Detroit? But the, will the Lions be there? Uh, I'll be working there, but no, the Lions <laughs> will never be in a Super Bowl. I've come to accept it. It is what it is. Oh, put him right back where he should be. Uh, well, <laughs> come on. I've, I've had a lot of bad seasons uh, with the Chiefs, and you know what? They had a bad day, and uh, there's a lot of this team that's going to be good to go uh, come the 2021 20, uh, NFL season. So I'm pretty sure things will be back to winning ways. And also, Mahomes is still... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mahomes is still a fantastic athlete. And you know what? Uh, it's a hell of a lot better than what I've got in store for me this spring. I've got no basketball team that's good and uh, no baseball team that's good, unlike certain teams in Detroit. <clears throat> but anyway. Well, we haven't been good for years. You know what? I've come to just accept it. Being an on-track fan has set me up to be a Detroit sports miserable awful mess so it is what it is indeed so that wraps up hashtag what are we drinking we'll be back with segment two talking about uh the kind of links and rumors around eintracht players and uh hey we'll even ha we'll even throw in a little bit of eintracht versus cone as the eintracht will see what they can do against the billy goats uh yeah stay with <laughs> Here we are, the Eintracht Frankfurt segment two, Eintracht versus Cologne at the weekend. And of course, that's going to be shown with ESPN Plus. That's going to be part of the uh, the, the Sunday, uh, the early Sunday kickoff. Uh, I'm really optimistic for this one. Uh, ways that you can watch Eintracht versus Cone, as someone mentioned that uh, we're kind of mentioned this really late in the podcast, so I'm going to try and get right into it a little earlier. So, Eintracht vs. Cone at the weekend. Uh, that's Flow Sports app in the Caribbean in Australia. That's KO Sports and BN Sports Connect. Gesundheit. Um, that is Sky Sports Bundesliga in Austria, Canada. That is Sportsnet Now, Sportsnet One, Sportsnet World. And uh, going down the lines, that is uh, Sky Sports Bundesliga in uh, Germany, uh, BT Sport 2 in Ireland and the UK, uh, New Zealand, that is BN Sports Connect New Zealand, and in the uh, United States, that is ESPN Plus. Uh, no Deportes uh, this weekend, but ah, uh, well, we'll be able to make do without it. Uh, Chris, let's kind of look a little bit towards some of the rumors around the Eintracht. So uh, last week we talked about our future Turkish striker, 
you know, getting in a little hot water for, you know, agreeing uh, to a transfer uh, for a free transfer coming to us all by all because we're going to wait six months. Um, I wanted to gauge your thoughts real quick on um, the fact that, you know, getting, you know, issued a fine from the club and the fans, you know, throwing up some horrible hate on social media. What are your thoughts on the Eintracht's uh, new Turkish signing uh, coming in uh, to the Eintracht uh, so, from uh, Bursa Spor? Well, he's coming from a good club. They, they develop plenty of young talent. And from my limited research, I don't think they've sold to the Bundesliga as much as some other places. So it's not necessarily a name too many of us might be familiar with, uh, but it's a good, it's a good signing. He's like a YouTube sensation mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, some pretty cool videos there to check out. But um, I think it always bodes well for the purchasing team when is the fans and, and then the club itself comes out and says, Hey, what the hell's going on here? We don't like this. That's gotta be good for us. Um, the fact that it, that it hurt them so bad that he left now, you know, signing ahead of uh, in a transfer window prior. I don't know. I mean, I, you, you want to get it on paper and lock yourself in. That's, that's, that's business. You know, I, I don't have anything really against that. I think every club has had that happen at some point where they know somebody they like is going away. But uh, from what I've seen, he was going to go, whether it was to us or someone else. So good on him for making a movie he's comfortable with. We've seen our ability to take, you know, 18, 19 year olds and turn them into high price commodities that benefit us. Certainly, I think we're in a good spot with this signing. Agreed. I just hope that um, he's offered opportunities that, you know, maybe some other uh, young teenagers, you know, haven't had the best of. So this is Ali Ackman, though. Uh, we're talking about the new Eintracht signing coming to us at the start in the summer. But I'm actually thinking a little bit about, you know, the players who we do have already. Um, so, of course, when it does come to strikers, I take a Ragnar Ache. Um, who, you know, he, look, he's been in hurt for a long time, and we're just lucky that Silva has been good to go as a striker for so long. Kind of dodging a bullet there that could have been really dicey, especially once we loan Gonzalo Paciencia to Schalke. Ooh, that's not really worked out, even in the slightest bit. Um, but in thinking of players who are out on loan, Jovalich, I mean, he's doing he's doing pretty well in Austria. I kind of wonder if he needs to have another year on loan to kind of uh, beef up those, you know, his beef up his kind of output, you know, at a more competitive level. But you know, with the likelihood of Europe coming along, we are going to need a bigger squad. We will need you know one or two more midfielders at least two more defenders. And I think we'll be at a pretty good spot in terms of team depth uh, to be able to uh, make things happen going forward because, you know, <laughs> Koa and Acosta are currently at Mainz who are moving up the table slowly, moving up the table, but it is something to be considered that, you know what, if we, the thing is with Europe, you're going to have so many matches going on, got to have the bodies to be able to play uh, those set matches. So briefly looking at the Bundesliga table, Chris, um, Bayern, uh, they don't have to play until Monday because uh, they're involvement in the FIFA Club World Cup at the time of recording that match has still yet to be played we'll see how they do against tigres from mexico and we'll find out i guess from the time of recording in about 24 hours time how things went um currently uh leipzig still above us five points above us two points above us is wolfsburg on 38 points and then there's a one point gap between us and leverkusen and a three point gap between both Borussia dortmund and Borussia munchen gladbach that kind of rounds out what we expect to be the teams currently uh, qualifying for Europe. But then again, that's all based on uh, who wins the Pokal, who doesn't win the Pokal. Um, that has been its own kind of roller coaster ride of sorts. So 
we'll work on the depth. In the meantime, I think we're we're showing that we're pretty well taken care of. I'd like better depth, but does, you know what? I'm just happy with where we're at. Um, Chris, anything to say about the relegation fight before we kind of um, move on to Cologne? Because this does affect Cologne as they are four points above the team in 16th place, that being Armenia, Bielefeld, and they're tied on points with uh, currently Hertha Berlin, who are only better by a goal difference. Yep. Two things. Uh, this last weekend, I think, solidified that Schalke is going down. Um, mm-hmm. There's no way they can recover. The gap is far too wide. And just like everyone else, they still have, they have to play almost every team two more t- or one more time. So they got to go through most of the gauntlet of the top of the table again. Schalke is gone. And I really think, based on the recent form, uh, Hertha Berlin is going down. We talked about before our matchup with them that, mm. you know, a new coach, a new system, maybe they'd be able to save themselves. But they're sitting right there, tied on points, only ahead on goal differential. They, Bielefeld, I'll give them credit. They don't allow as many goals as the people around them. If they can find a way to score a few more, they might find safety. Um, but it, yeah, as it, as it relates to Cologne, though, um, they did an interesting thing. Um, there's some parallels between them and us where we faced early parts of the, the 2000s, a couple of, of relegations and fighting back from that, rebuilding your identity. Um, it feels like we've turned a corner, right? But thankfully, in this last year, <laughs> yeah, you know, they had their brief Europa League appearance, um, but then they went out and they signed a little bit of experience. Um, Andre Duda from Hertha. And uh, Sebastian Anderson, another one from uh, Union Berlin. Sounds like he's been injured the whole time, though. Right, right. But 7 million euros each, 14 million euros between the two of them. And they don't have a lot to show for it. You know, they have some other guys worth some money there. But they're spending like they want to survive, but they're not mining the talent and getting the dollar value out of it. And... um. You know, they're four points above the line, but they're far from safety. And they're still, what, like 13 weeks left. They're going to be right there with Hertha fighting till the last week to try and save themselves. I agree that they are going to be down in it for what is going to be the majority of uh, the season. I think Alliance might be able to nip 16th. But here's why I think that they can't get much higher than that. Like, we like you said, uh, Leco Schalke is down. They are dead. They are bare. Well, they're they're alive but buried. <laughs> uh, if that makes any sense, I think if there's a team that's going to be joining the relegation fight, and we'll see in the next coming weeks, Augsburg's been picking up like zilch in recent weeks. And look, Hertha, they showed some life. They showed some life again versus, uh, you know. Uh, Bayern Munich, and I kind of lend some credit to that, and that's a lot more life than we've been seeing uh, from any of, like, from Mainz or Bielefeld or Schalke, and even uh, Augsburg of late. Cologne has, you know, they've they've picked up a few points of late. They also embarrass themselves by losing in the, in the Pokal to Regensburg. I mean, not gonna lie, if you had a chance to make a run at the Pokal to give your fans something really awesome to cheer about, they really missed out. Uh, at the weekend, they did beat Borussia Mönchengladbach and the local derby, the Lower Rhine derby. It's a pretty hotly contested one at that. And if anyone remembers uh, during last year's Rook Runda, it was actually the uh, derby played the same exact edition of this derby played in Gladbach. That was the first match played as a Geisterspieler before everything just got shut down. find it quite interesting that a different kind of result happened here. Um, and yeah, they have now uh, 
in their last five matches, uh, three wins, one draw, one defeat. The defeat was a 3-0 thrashing at Hoffenheim, but who have they played? They had a draw with Hertha. They had a win over Schalke. They had a win over Bielefeld, but a real gutsy showing against Gladbach. So the first of these matches uh, that they earned points in, the one team that really was of you know, good caliber that has shown quality over the course of the season. They pulled out a nice result, but I think that this team is uh, there for the taking. Uh, you can comment what you will at my thoughts on the rest of the relegation fight, but as I said, I think the teams in the bottom three are going to be the bottom three. I think Hertha is going to pull themselves out. Klon showed me enough life that, uh, you know, uh, so long as they continue to beat the teams that are around them, you're going to stay safe. And Augsburg's just kind of been uh, just floating around. And, you know, if they got dragged full, th- full scale into a relegation fight, there's there's not really a great deal of talent there. And, you know, you just kind of wonder what if the what if, you know, Mainz and Bielefeld both start picking up points and Augsburg just can't do it? I mean, they're not exactly a team that can just turn the heat on. You know, they can pick up points here and there, but you just kind of wonder with a team like them, yeah. if they just get into a rut that they can't get out of, they could be down and gone. Granted, well, you know, Rowan would probably as- say good riddance <laughs> to tiny, tiny <laughs> and unimportant teams. Well, as far as goals scored, um, Hertha has 25 on the season. Cologne has 20. So there's something to be said. It's five goals. That could be one big match. But still, there's something to be said for the ability to finish. And And Cologne scored seven of those goals in the last uh, four match days. Right. There's a lot of questions what they have offensively. And I know they've dealt with multiple injuries. Um, God, I, I want to put like six or seven past Timo Horn. Every time I look mm. at Horn, I just want to like kick a ball straight at his face. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> they have we'll the same trouble with later. keeping clean sheets as us. Yeah. Same trouble. Same trouble. <sighs> but hey, they have Marius Wolf, and uh, who doesn't love that guy? Yeah. You know? Uh, for Andre player that he is. So, that being said, hey, Chris, let's get to Eintracht and Cone. Uh, the way that they have set up the last couple weeks makes me optimistic because, like I said, they're, they have been going up against teams that are in the same shit as uh, they are, and I think that uh, we're going to take advantage of this um, when it comes down to the way that we're going to kind of line up i think we're not gonna deviate from our regular plan i think that we are going to you know go at it and you know it might take a few minutes for things to go our way but i think that i mean because they uh usually kind of line up in this weird like like three five two with kind of formation. I mean, I guess you could call it that. And I've always kind of wondered why they have Duda put so high up there. Uh, when, but hey, you know, they don't have an out-and-out uh, attacker. Still haven't, you know, been using Max Meyer all too much even though they picked him up uh, for free. The way that they line up, it does lead me to believe that we're just gonna do what we usually do. Uh, we're our our attacks just going to go in there and uh, from, you know, straight down their gullet with Silva or going it from the flanks with, I uh, can't believe I'm getting used to saying this about Durham <laughs> and uh, Kostic. <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> uh, but Durham and Kostic, you know, as the, the right and left, we need someone to replace Durham, but think that uh this is going to come out as another one for the Eintracht and I think we're going to drop four on Cologne. I guess the 3-1 result at the week at last weekend. I think uh we got a 4-1 result 
coming for us this weekend. What are your thoughts? So just to clarify, was that going to be a 4-0 and you remembered who we are and that we don't do clean sheets or will Cologne have um, a legitimate I figured goal? that Cologne would get a garbage time goal and we're just like, oh, for fuck's sake, at the very <laughs> death of the match. And we're like, wow, this is so us just cannot keep a clean sheet, which, you know, it would make some would make betters anxious in the lead up to Eintracht versus Bayern in two weeks time. So I'm at a similar place as you. Mm. Um, I think we, I mean, we've looked, listened to the positivity coming out of this discussion. We're firing on all cylinders. I don't know in the last couple of years, if we've played a better stretch, we've had better results against teams in Europa league but I don't know if we've had such a consistent stretch of play. Mm -hmm. So the way I look at it, um, they picked a bad day to to play us. And uh, I would love to see Timo Horn get kicked in the face with a couple of those, uh, you know, great saves. I don't know. I, I don't know. We'll have to get out into that offline. I don't know. Um, But I really think we're going to put up some goals and I think they're going to be spread out. I don't see, you know, Silva with two or three or anything like that, but I'm going to say four to two. Um, Not that our defense will be bad enough to allow two, but I think we're going to get so eager with the offensive play. We will get countered, Um, but I'm okay with that. Uh, We've shown that there's somebody who said on our Discord chat earlier that they're concerned about how offensive centric our our game plan is right now. I, I'm a de- I'm a lover of defensive football, but you win by scoring more goals. And if that's what it takes for us to keep going the direction we're going, I'll sacrifice two if we score four. Indeed, that's where I'm at. Well, I say let's just let's continue to go forward, Sally forth, and uh, let's just score more than them. <laughs> Because the thing is, we have the we have the better horses, we have the stronger horses, and we're on a rigid fan of form. And if we hit them first, they will crumple uh, like a clump of broccoli. So, all right. Um, so, what is your prediction? Before I'm going we get four to, to listen to questions. Four to two. Four to two. All right. So four one for me, four two for you, both with the Eintracht victory. Um, Discord chatter, what has been there? All right, so th- th- this is one you kind of touched on earlier, but I think we can go a little further with it too. Um, if we find ourselves in Europe, we're looking ahead a little bit. If we find mm-hmm. ourselves in Europe after match day thirty four, is it because we kept playing how we have, or do tougher opponents require a change in play? Uh, it kind of depends on which one we're in. If it's the Champions League, no, screw it. Well, go full for go full throttle because that's what got us there. And the likelihood is, you know, if you go up against a Real Madrid or an Inter Milan, yeah, you can get it straight in the ass. But the likelihood is, you'll catch them with their pants down, and then you can uh, have your way. Got a kind of sorry. Uh, got a little too visual there. Uh, I'm sure for some people. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Tony did down so, now. Let, uh, what else is there? Well, let's look at it from this perspective too. Um, how how do we play against uh, the the Bayerns, the Leipzig's, the Dortmunds um, if if we qualify for Champions League, Europa League? In the past, it's been um, you know, we're having to manage schedules and do things like that. There's a big question mark of who would remain in the roster at that point, too. Are we sellers? Are we semi-buyers if we qualify for Champions oh League and suddenly find a pool of money? Um, I don't, do we I, have, this might, that's the kind of question that might have to wait, honestly, Chris, for the, so long as it happens, the international break, I do know that that's still on schedule and we're going to have to talk about something at that point. We, we'll have such a deep dive on that. You know, it'll probably take, that might be an episode I don't think anyone's sick. I don't think we can answer that 
in its entirety in just one episode of this podcast uh, until we devote more than half of an episode of a podcast to this sort of question. But I think, um, yeah, uh, well, we've been good of late against Leipzig, and we're one of the teams that, you know, shows up when it comes to uh, Bayern. So all I'm really worried about do making sure that we do better at is uh, playing against Dortmund because we play them tough, but we haven't been winning. So uh, let's we did let's the same make sure thing with that Bayern the te- last year. Yeah. And let's make sure let's 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 strike it from now from seventh from eighth place and below. We need to be taking. If you start taking um, three points from that, then we should be, you know, gravy. Uh, you know what points you get from the other guys. Look, you're gonna be kept in the top six with that. Uh, with you know, doing your best against those guys, so long as you beat the the crap that's in the Bundesliga, because there's some teams that are just not really that good uh, that we get to play. Anything else on the Discord? No, we're looking good right now. What do you got from Twitter and Facebook? Right. So on Twitter, uh, at John Honish. Uh, John Honish is uh, living in DeForest, uh, Wisconsin, it looks like. And uh, Bama grad student. I won't hold that against you. Ah, sorry. Uh, I had a joke because uh, my own aunt uh, taught there. Anyways, uh, weird family new weird family stuff aside. Uh, how good should we be feeling considering the current schedule? Despite the recent form, it's it's been lots of lower half competition and about to get much more difficult. I yeah uh, I agree on the difficulty of schedule. We are <laughs> we'll yeah we'll we'll get the. I honestly think that uh, not this weekend, but uh, next weekend when we play Bayern will be the kind of telltale sign. And you know what? We have gotten points against uh, the bigger teams. Look, we. Uh, in this kind of good run that we've had, we've you know beaten Leverkusen. We drew Mönchengladbach in a goal fest, so I think we can take points off of them. Dortmund, right now they're looking like sh- absolute shit and have been dropping like a rock. You know, I think we can go for it. And we, like I mentioned, we've had some good luck against Leipzig. We can do it. It's going to be the best test, and you know Bayern will be coming off of their. Uh, cha- no, uh, they'll have the Champions League first round of uh, their Champions League action, like days, like two or three days after we play them. So they're going to be more focused on the Champions League than they are on the Bundesliga. And I've even talked about this with uh, one or two Bayern friends, and they're all like, "Yeah, we don't think this is going to go too well," and uh, we're okay with that. We can throw you a bone. I'm like, well. Thanks. Uh, we'll uh, see you in uh, knockout phase of Europe next season. Was my reaction to that? <laughs> so long-winded answer there. But yeah, John, well, uh, that's my thoughts. Chris, anything to add? You know what we've we've talked in the past about. Oh, this is the time we're going to get Bayern, and you know, oh, they're mm-hmm. ripe for ripe for taking right now. Um, it's happened once or twice. You know, where we beat them five to one. Okay, it happened once. Um, but I'm not going to put stock in the fact that they're ripe for taking. It's everybody else besides Bayern. Well, I'll even say besides Leipzig. Those are the points we need. Um, mm. Look at how close we were to taking three points against Wolfsburg. Um, you know, I can't even keep track now because we have nine draws on the season. We've literally drawn against half the table. So, it's taking the points against the ones we should and limiting the damage and maybe stealing points where we can. But we literally control our own destiny at this point. We're sitting in four. That's the minimum where we want to be and where we aspire to be. So we don't have to look in the mirror anymore and look who's behind us. We have to take care of business. So um, unfortunately, one of those pieces of business is Bayern. I don't, I don't, believe we can beat them right now Indeed. um but you know well, that's why you play 90 day. minutes we can on our yeah. day 
Exactly. And uh, final question does come in from our uh, Hey Eintracht Frankfurt uh, Facebook group, uh, Eric Conant. Uh, hey guys, the budget salary stuff has always confused me. So what's likely to keep Jovic past this season? If he continues at a high level, is it probable Madrid gives him another chance to be a regular contributor? Thanks. Um, so long as Zinedine Zidane is there, he's not going to get a chance. Zidane has spoken, yeah. and at this point, Zidane hasn't already been fired, and they're, what, 10, 12 points behind Atletico Madrid? Like, I still think he's going to, because he is who he is, he is Zizou, and he's got all those trophies that he has brought in. European trophies, I don't think he's going back to them, and it's a matter of, look, uh, we're going to have the first option to buy him. And I think he will take a, uh, you know, I love this club discount on his wages because those wages are pretty extreme. But, hey, if we're in the Champions League, we can not only get the transfer done, but lock him into a more friendly to our finances contract. And uh, we'll see it from there. What are your thoughts, Chris? So I would wager to say in the, what is it, where are we at now? Less than one month since he returned, uh, probably half of our Discord chatter has mm-hmm. been about how we can afford to keep Jovic. And <laughs> there's there, there's there's ways it can be done. Um, I I think he would he loves it here. He he fits the system well, um, but it is a business, and I, I hate to be that guy throwing you know, shit around at a party, but Silva and Jovic are meant for bigger clubs. They're going to move on at some point. What has made Freddie Bobic so good is his ability to find the next one, especially with strikers more than anything else. So I'm not putting a lot of stock into him being here next year. The business and the finances around all the COVID stuff will probably prohibit us from signing him back. Even even a club with the riches of Real Madrid are not just going to be like, oh, yeah, take him back at a fraction of the cost. And that's really what we can afford at this point is fractions, pennies on the dollar. So uh, I'm not going to hold my breath on it, but I hope for the next few months he's here, we can make the most of him. And maybe that means, yeah, I don't want to change what's been working well, but maybe that means him and Silva starting side by side this this Sunday. <laughs> and remember, they still have to pay for the renovations to their stadiums, which is currently, you know, it kind of helps them that the pandemic is going on because with it cur- per- blech, with it currently closed and then playing at that training ground stadium that they have, you know, that kind of works out for them. And whatever money we can throw their way, look, I think. I think this is going to happen a lot more likely than uh, you, but I do believe that if is look if Zizou is there, he's he's not going to get a chance, and he's going to be like, I want to play. I'm not going to go through this bullshit again. So, anyways, so yeah, there there is the question. Um, he I don't think anyone sees him going back to Madrid, but. He had a great game with us. He's had a good few games here. But is he Mm -hmm. willing to come back for the comfort factor long term? Because if it's just coming back for one year and then going to another larger club, I I don't even know who else is on the board at this point. I don't know if it's worth hurting. Okay, so I'm going to rant for 30 seconds. But part of what has made everything working here is the fact that Bobich has set up this system that is financially feasible and it's built for sustained success. So you're going to build the Halers, the, the, the Joviches, and you're going to sell them. You're going to make a profit. You're going to bring in guys like, like Silva, and then they're going to build themselves up and rehabilitate their image. And then you're going to sell them off for big. And then we're going to get the next guy, then the next guy. And, and it's been a really sustainable model for us. It's led us to heights that none of us could have imagined five years ago. But we have to remember that the idea of Jovic coming back for just a year 
can throw a stick into that wheel. And I'm not sure I want to fall off that bicycle right now. Things are going well. The system's working well. Let's not necessarily fall down that hole financially where we take a guy back for more than he's worth on the real open market just because of nostalgia. That's all I can Well, fair point on that. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, it's been another full episode talking about everything that there is to know around the club. Oh, but wait, before we leave, we need to talk about something that is coming back to life. Uh, Chris, do you know where I'm going with this? Where are you going with this? It's the Frauen. The Eintracht Frauen will be back in the Frauen Bundesliga returns to our welcoming arms. It's been a long time since uh, they were playing. Uh, needless to it say, has. so it's been uh, it's. It's been rough. It's been rough. So uh, you had the delays because um, they were supposed to kick back on last weekend. And then we got word that that was going to be delayed. So the Eintracht uh, kicks off uh, this Friday, uh, the 12th of February, against uh, Essen, uh, team uh, mid- lower mid-table. And... Uh, well, yes, uh, it's kind of no channels to be found on the streaming world for the Eintracht, but DAZN and Eurosport have that in Germany, in Austria, and DAZN in uh, Switzerland. So if you can use your IP address to uh, kind of throw that thing off, then you can be able to watch the Eintracht that they're in. So uh, we will see if Laura Freigang can refire this Eintracht side uh, into the Champions League, because right now they've got a lot of ground to make up. Um, They are a grand total of 11 points behind in the race for the third Champions League spot. Hoffenheim, (laughs) yeah, Hoffenheim involved yet again. But then again, they also say that when it comes to the women's game, all you have to do is just, you just stick a little bit of money in there, and then suddenly things just, you know, become gravy so uh we will see what we will see at the weekend and best of luck to the women in that so that's gonna wrap it up for hey eintracht frankfurt thanks chris for joining back on episode 160 in the bag both of us predicting an eintracht victory where can we find you on social media i am on twitter at c in the d 313 and on our discord channel there we go. And yeah, we'll be putting out the Discord uh, address in just a little while. We do it once a week, to, and uh, that link is good. So if you find that tweet, say, you know, a couple, three or four days late, the, the link will still be good. So you can always join us uh, there talking all things Eintracht Frankfurt, hashtag what are we drinking, even some weird ones that I don't really kind of get too involved in because I don't really have anything to add. And I will admit, guitars and such is, and home brewing, uh, those are ones that I don't really have much to offer. Uh, on offer. They're very popular, They're, but very popular. It, it, it's, I I love following the conversation. I I don't play the guitar and I don't home brew, but I love listening to the guitar. I love to drink the beer, so I enjoy that conversation. There we go, just as much. Yep, and uh, you can so you can follow me on Twitter. That is at H E F Pond. Follow the podcast. That is uh, <laughs> at H E F Pond. Uh, you can follow me at KCSGE. Switching things around there, and you can follow the podcast on Facebook. That is facebook.com slash H E F Pod. You can follow us on uh, Apple Podcasts, where you can subscribe to us there. Uh, you can get back on Spotify. We are now. Well, we got that finally worked out. It was, it was a real mess, to be honest. But we are back on Spotify. You can so you can uh, find us there. Download, share us with your friends. Make new Eintracht friends. You know, get the fan base bigger. Because when COVID, when the vaccine has done its job, and you know, I suggest anyone who is skeptical uh, just contact your local health authorities and ask them all the questions that you want, and they will give you the honest truth from what analysis that they have. So, because uh, we all want to be back in the stands. So, Chris, anything to add before we say goodbye? 
I recall a few weeks ago we said we all need to get vaccinated to mm. sign Jonas. Yep. <laughs> uh, I got my shot. I got my shot, my first one. I'm good to go. I'm doing my part um, for the Eintracht. Get your vaccination. We need jersey money. We need fans in the stands. And that all starts with getting a shot in your arm. So, yeah. Indeed. And uh, the occasional shopping spree on the online store. Just don't be a goof and buy a whole bunch of pencils and stickers that you then are wondering what the heck you did. All right, that wraps it up for Hey on Track Frankfurt episode 160. Thanks for everyone listening, and until next time, choose. Choose. Hey,